0: Which thanks so much for joining the sports editor. Thank you very much for taking your time out to chat to us and talk about your instant career and what's been happening in your life. So thanks so much, man. James, before we get going um, and we talk about rugby, could you just give us a brief breakdown of, of what you're currently
1: involved in? Yeah, currently I do a little bit of uh, uh, punditing for super sports. Uh, that's obviously on the burner at the moment with uh, the whole around the covid thing going around so no not too much rugby going on but uh besides that my day-to-day job is uh, selling property i've got a property sales company yeah uh, in durban so that's what we do we focus on the north coast of durban and uh, yeah that's what i do day to day
0: and that place is booming it's a, it's a lovely area the north coast there's lots of vibe, there lots of happening some sure shorts it's going to kick off property that, that's great absolutely brilliant
1: and which obviously yeah, no, there's, there's a lot a lot available and uh yeah i think uh, a lot of people are also moving up north but uh, yeah it's tough now as well i mean i mean mentioned the COVID thing for the rugby but it's the same for every business i suppose well most businesses some are thriving but uh, most businesses where it's uh people relationships and meeting people it's it's pretty tough at the moment
0: mm, mm, that is true but yeah i think yeah. you if it's a nail on the head there by meeting people, I think that's what's going to hopefully carry you through and then obviously the word spreads. But gentlemen, that, that sounds brilliant and I think it's a brilliant thing to be involved in because people need somewhere to stay. So it's
1: Yeah, young. exactly.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, Butch, yeah. I've got to know um, and I've heard various stories. The nickname Butch, uh, where does it come from? And it obviously can't be the tackles, can it?
1: No, I've had the nickname since I was a baby. So, um, yeah, I think from when I was two years old or around about then, uh, my gran, I was fooling around at her house one day and she just thought that Andrew wasn't suitable for my character and uh, she started calling me Butch and it's stuck ever since, you know. So, yeah, uh, I haven't managed to get rid of it. Uh, Even my teachers at school, I went to schools where, uh, the teachers used to call us by our surnames, but except for me, they used to call me Butch. So okay. uh, it's definitely stuck. And uh, I've got three boys now of my own. So I've tried to name them cleverly so that uh, they don't somehow pick up this nickname.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think it's bad at all. I mean, it boded well for you, I think. And yeah. Um, yeah. talk about your, your career, James. And one thing that really stood out for me um, is when you had knee trouble. You know, it put you out for quite a while. I think one injury was about six months. But you still made it through and you still retained your place for the 2007 Rugby World Cup. How did you get there? You know, what contributed <laughs> to you being so, I'd say, mentally strong?
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, every setback, I think because I'd been playing and, and I knew what uh, playing for the Sharks was all about and even playing for the Springboks. So every time you got injured, you missed that, you know, and it probably made you more determined to come back uh, better and stronger. So uh, it was always uh, tough when you got injured, but uh, as soon as mentally you got yourself right, just uh, making sure that you you knew that when you did come back and you knew you could always come back. And, and of course, like I said, you missed playing the game and missed playing in front of a, a, a packed Kings Park or a packed Ellis Park, wherever it might be, playing for the Sharks, playing for the Springboks. I mean, that, that was what made me hungry to get back uh, better and stronger. So, it was a bit tough. Uh, I had a couple of those injuries. So, uh, yeah, it never got easier as it went along. It probably got tougher. But, uh, yeah, I think just having experienced the, the playing for the Sharks or for the Springboks is what probably got me through.
0: No, mm, well, that's excellent. Yeah, because you are one tough guy to be able to... Played such a long career. I think it was 10 years, roughly, for the Stringbuck. So it just shows what you were made of. It's, it's excellent.
1: Talking about yeah, I r- spent most of that time on the sideline injured, so yeah, <laughs> it wasn't so long. <laughs> I'll
0: stop. It's, it's, it's good. It, talking about the Rugby World Cup, and, and South Africa used um, a bit of technical aspect there that was brilliant, you know, in terms of making the changes and getting a guy on the sideline to shout commands at five to click and shift defence. It, it was excellent it seems that the rules are changing now and the substitutes going to change and things like that. Is, <coughs> is that purely because World Rugby are looking for more of an, an open game, so to say, at, at, at big events?
1: Yeah, I'm not too sure what the changes are for. If they're looking for a more open game, I would certainly think that uh, they wouldn't be trying to cut down the amount of substitutes you have. I think uh, to get some fresh legs on uh, opens the game up a bit more, you know, especially near the end of the game. If you get your subs right, you might get them up against a few tired legs, and then, of course, you're going to open the game up and and have a go. So, yeah, I can't see it uh, opening the game up by cutting down the subs. But, yeah, they're always looking to change and and try and make the game better. So, who knows what they're thinking is? I, I certainly don't. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure in due course they'll let us know what they're thinking is and and the reasoning behind changes that do get made if they get, if they do get made. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Jacques Dinova, I mean, he's, he's been used to being on the side of the field for a number of years, started off as a physio, being on the side, shouting the orders, and then obviously got to know the game really well. So uh, as a head coach, I don't think he's going to be allowed next to the field. So uh, yeah, I think he could go pretty crazy in that box.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That'll be good to see, I reckon. Well, they show is yeah. excellent. excellent. And talking about but South African rugby and what's everyone's mind, and maybe it's a repeat question we've had time and time again, but with SA rugby and super rugby, um, what do you think is going to happen? Or is it just a case of let's just wait and see? Because one person says this, one person says that. It was just, well, wait and see what's going to
1: happen. Yeah, uh, I think it certainly is that. No one really knows exactly what's going on. Uh, From what I hear, just the rumor mill is that we will have a sort of uh, local competition, a curry cup sort of thing. And then, uh, yeah, I I also read somewhere the other day that they're looking at having a a championship over in New Zealand for, Mm. I think, just over a month. So all teams will get over there, uh, isolate for however many weeks you need to and then the competition will kick off with uh, everyone just playing in New Zealand so it'll be great to see some rugby again and it was great to see the New Zealand uh, start their little competition and also what was great about that was to see the crowd so nice and full so I think that will be the one disappointment with our competition I don't think we'll be allowed spectators which will be Uh, Yeah, I think that uh, just the whole vibe of having a nice crowd there adds to the whole uh, spectacle. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, no, you're quite right there. But just to go back quickly to what you said about New Zealand, and if the championship is there, is it not a huge advantage for New Zealand? I mean, think about it. The players will be home away from like maybe three months. You know, is that not just an advantage for New Zealand? But what else do you do?
1: Yeah, it's definitely an advantage. Um, but yeah, I think if we want to see the championship, uh, mm. I suppose it would have to be in Australia or New Zealand. So yeah, I'm sure they'll sort it out. And yeah, uh, I think some rugby will be better than none, I suppose. Because yeah. <laughs> it looks like
0: rugby's really trying to diversify itself now because there's even talk of a specific Ireland team um, joining Super Rugby. Then Fiji might even be in the Six Nations um, this interchanging sort of thing—is that just to try and make rugby diverse and just make things more interesting?
1: Yeah, I, I think also just to make financial sense as well for wow. a lot of the the nations. I think, uh, yeah, I think rugby is in a tough place now, especially after this whole lockdown and not being able to fill stadiums or at least get stadiums or uh, uh, well, get games at stadiums. So. Yeah, I think whatever is going to be viable for each nation, I'm sure they're going to jump at the opportunity. All those Pacific Islands teams, they've been dying to get into some sort of competition. They really haven't been uh, given the best opportunities, I would say. I know they get a couple of test matches a year, but nothing like uh, some of the bigger nations. So, yeah, let's hope for uh, uh, everyone to get a nice opportunity i would say and uh, and also yeah i think also for the clubs i mean uh for the unions um who knows i mean i i really like the idea of a global competition but um yeah it doesn't look like it's going that way
0: could you you touch more a bit on that in your mind what would a a global competition entail
1: yeah i would i'd like to see the top teams from from everywhere playing in the. uh, maybe uh, uh, the top 15 teams from around the world all playing uh, against each other. Obviously, you've got to make sure that every every team is accessible and able. you're able to jump on a plane on Sunday and be at your destination by the latest Monday. So it's all mm-hmm. going to make sense. But it would be nice to see the Crusaders playing against Munster or yeah. the Sharks playing against uh, Bath or against Saracen. So. Yeah, I think all those uh, sort of things would be great. I, I mean, that's those sort of things, I'm sure, would get the stadiums full again.
0: Absolutely. So
1: Yeah, so who knows? So maybe
0: that's what they're sort of driving towards, and this is sort of like an experiment. So, so yeah, it could be really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it would be nice.
0: Talking about Bath, and I want to touch on that because you actually had a great time there. And when I say great, it was a winning percentage, I think, of just under 70% in, in your time there. Um Was that like the results you were looking for in your time in England? Because I think they really enjoyed having you at Bath.
1: Yeah, I loved my time at Bath. Uh, I must say, I think uh, I don't have a lot of regrets uh, from my career, but I think one of them now in hindsight was coming and cutting my time short there. I still had a number of years left on my contract there, but uh, obviously... I wanted to go to the 2011 World Cup and they were talking about it over here that I had to be playing here in South Africa to be able to be eligible. So that's probably my, was my main reason for coming home. Of course, I also missed South Africa. So that's another one. But I think uh, looking back now in hindsight, I think I, I should have stayed there and, and uh, played out my my career there. But um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I think of Bath often. I think, uh, at least once a week, I think about uh, my playing days there and also the town, Bath, it's a beautiful city. So, mm. um, yeah, it's wonderful memories. And we also, we, when I first got there at the end of the 2007 World Cup, we had a great team. Eh? So, uh, we played a nice brand of rugby as well and, and we had fun, you know, on and off the field. So, it was a good time and uh, it really was a, a brilliant memory uh, in my playing days.
0: Yeah, and it's a lovely league that that is, that, that Viva Premiership, whatever, it's changed a it's a fantastic league. Um, but yeah. you're also quite good at a few, few other sports, specifically golf. Would you have liked to pursue that a bit more in your playing years?
1: Oh, yeah, I love, I love golf. I mean, the, that old saying of... Um, do what you uh, do, what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, if I had to do that, I would definitely try to be a golfer, but I'd be very broke and probably living on the streets because uh, that's, a, that's definitely a tough game. And uh, especially those guys at the top, I mean, it's amazing what they're able to do. So, yeah, I enjoy playing golf, but uh, no, I, I would never ever think of taking it up seriously.
0: Have you had time to hit a few rounds lately, or has it been too busy?
1: I've only played once, I actually played last week, so okay. yeah, it wasn't It wasn't pretty, we played at Durban Country Club as well, I played with uh, uh, Don Gammon who shot the absolute lights out, so it was quite embarrassing because I was completely useless, but uh, yeah, it was good fun, the, the country club is looking amazing and uh, it was good fun to be out playing again, but uh, I was no good, first time back in a couple of months I was useless. <laughs>
0: Well, there's always time to make up for that and carry on. That's, that's yeah. good. <laughs> and I've also seen you you're involved in a number of things, for example, like the SA Rugby Legends. And I don't think you play for them anymore. Are you still involved with them? Do you contribute there when you can?
1: Yeah, I, I try to help out as much as I can. I, I, the SA Rugby Legends um, do a lot of good stuff off the mm-hmm. field. The whole name of uh, Rugby Legends, um, Gav the. Probably the founder of the SA Rugby Legends, and and he does so much good for them. He he determines a legend by the amount of good you do off the field, you know. So that's what uh, where the whole name comes from. It's not from uh, ex, actual ex players. I mean, any ex rugby player can become a legend. And yeah, I think that that's a, a great way to. Uh, to have gotten the name. I think that they do. They do so much good work off the field that makes all of them uh, big legends. Uh, I try to help out as much as I can. They're doing a lot of good stuff at the moment with a lot of feeding schemes and, and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, the rugby side, uh, I, I certainly don't play anymore. I don't think these knees will make five minutes. But I am, I do coach the legends, um, the classic legends over in Bermuda every year. Uh, we won't be going this year because of the whole virus but um, yeah that's good fun it's a long hard 10 days it's a lot of good fun off the field so it's it's quite hard to keep up I mean I'm sure those guys that play it's even tougher for them but uh, being part of the management's not easy either
0: (laughs) yeah I'm sure they get out of hand to say the least but I'm sure you could handle it no problem
1: (laughs) yeah no it's it's tough (laughs)
0: but I'm sure it is I've got a few more questions to ask as we sort of draw to an end and just one that's sort of come to my mind now Um, and you mentioned about a possible competition locally, South Africa, which team do you feel at the moment, because I know Jake White's been doing a lot of work in terms of recruitment, are the Blue Bulls going to be the standout team, should that competition go ahead?
1: Yeah, I think I think there'll be a number of teams, and uh, hopefully the Sharks, uh, of course, the Sharks is my team. So hopefully they can carry on from where they left off on Super Rugby. I thought they were outstanding in Super Rugby, and were um, just starting to get things right there and, and play some good uh, some good rugby. But uh, yeah, I think wherever Jake White is, I mean that team's going to do well. You know, I know he he does jump around a bit, but wherever he does go. That team does well, you know, and uh, especially now with the recruiting that he's been able to do and he's got some quality players back. So, yeah, they'll certainly be up there, especially with Jake at the helm there. Um, yeah, it's, he certainly knows how to get things right and get teams to win. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. They certainly have done a bit of buying, <laughs>
0: yeah. a little bit to sell, at least, yeah. Sure. Okay. And just sort of. Two random questions I found very interesting. Lamb chops. When did you get the sort of the hunger for that lovely piece of meat?
1: Yeah, I like any kind of lamb and uh, especially I like any meat actually on, <laughs> on, a, on the bone. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, lamb chops is right up there. Minted lamb chops, uh, you can't beat them on the brass. So I quite fancy those. But, yeah, if you saw me without my shirt on, you would see that I quite like food anyway. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of food that I like, but lamb chops probably right up there is the best.
0: Uh, yeah, you got that right. Absolutely. Because I know some guys are taking the mickey out of you um, on some of the shows that you are watching. They were abusing you about looking off your family. So how many beers do you have left in the fridge, James?
1: Uh, I've actually still got a few. I, had, I, I wasn't able to stock up just before the, the lockdown. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked, I'm I a social Drinker anyway. now I don't get home and and have five or six beers every day. Or uh, i might have one or two on a Friday evening. But I I like to have my mates around and friends around to have mm-hmm. beers. So luckily that hasn't been uh, allowed. So my my fridge is still stocked up and uh, not dry just yet. It's, yeah. It's also we don't know when the uh, the whole ban w- is going to end. So you got to look after those beers there.
0: Yeah. No, very, very true. Yeah. Well, Butch, it's been really good to chat to you and a bit of, bit of entertainment and just get a general perspective of rugby in your career. Um no, you rugby's in good hands. You think looking forward, it's, it's going to be the, the sport that everyone still loves. And you can see the passion and the vibe of rugby. It's still in good hands globally.
1: Yeah, I think they, the world rugby, I think, or, or rugby, <laughs> as a whole is at a bit of a crossroads. You know, they've got some big decisions to be made now to determine where it's going to end up. So uh, I think those people in charge, uh, I'm sure they, they do know it themselves. So uh, I'm sure they are thinking deep and hard to exactly what's going to be the, the right way forward. So yeah, I believe that's in good hands and uh, we're still seeing beautiful games and some uh, lovely rugby played. So yeah, let's, let's hope for many more, uh, good games and a lot more tries.
0: Brilliant. which been really good cool. to you. Thanks so much for your time, my man.
1: No problem, Ryan. Look after
0: yourself and good luck with the developments in the mm-hmm. North Coast. It's a lucky area. Cool,
1: yeah. Thank- thanks a lot. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. bye bye